0: show and, and it is our TV show and I was trying to get a little bit more time on it and it's see myself, what- <laughs> good everyone welcome to the forbidden technique podcast on the fight side podcast network with me your host silas martin and today, <laughs> today, today you've done it what again the what did i say we, 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 i'm pretty sure that one was fine now you know now you just you're just fucking me up <laughs> Uh, my usual co-host isn't here t- today with me due to unforeseen circumstances. So I'm here with Iggy instead, who didn't actually see the last card, but is just uh, here to, I guess, vibe while I tell him about all of these fucking wacky finishes. I'm,
1: a- I'm also here to gaslight Silas Martin into thinking that he's shit at his job.
0: Which I am. <laughs> you know, some- some-
1: someone's got to do it. Sure. Someone has to, has to combat the the fucking... like. Uh... I'm already picturing the narratives that heavy hands are going to come up with uh, for, for the upcoming fight, like uh, all that jab fetishism and all that kind of stuff. Uh, like, remember when they said, like, uh, I don't see how Cheeto Vera is going to win this against, like, uh, Font. <laughs> you were, like, completely opposite. <laughs> Everyone at the fight side was like, I don't see how Rob Font is going to win this. And then least ROM I guess. Knew how he was oh yeah, yeah. It.
0: We we had we we had Sriram on just to like make a case for Rob Font, and he almost convinced me into like thinking that Rob Font haven't had a chance just because he sounds smart when he says things. Uh, I was like, well, I, kn- I knew he was going to get annihilated.
1: Sriram was in the fucking debate club. Of course, he's going to like try and convince you and make a good case because that's like the whole thing of the debate
0: club. <laughs> but anyway, we're you talking about uh that fight later. First, we got to talk about this finite card.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's just my luck. I watched almost the entirety of UFC London and then sleep through this one. And I guess I I could just catch up on this card like in like five minutes at most because it's all like knockouts and submissions. At least
0: yeah, it looks that His, way. Like, uh, Apparently, the live viewing experience for this card was absolutely horrifying because uh, it was all quick finishes and it ended up only being a 10-fight card. But for me, watching the card the next day, yeah, it took me, what, seven minutes to watch this card? Oh, right. Was,
1: like live, I presume they were like enormous Yeah, Apparently, the
0: pacing was absolutely horrible. Oh, but uh, I didn't have to deal with that. I got, just, uh, I got to just kind of flick through the whole thing in reverse order. Um, which yeah, we're gonna start talking about this main event, Jamal Hill versus Tiago Santos. I thought this was an okay fight, and Tiago Santos did pretty well and mostly just got like chin and cardio bullied by the younger guy. Um, I mean it doesn't help that Tiago Santos's style is so labor intensive because it relies on just like a ton of movement and really explosive counters. And for some reason he had uh, invested in this fight in his offensive wrestling, which mostly just like ended up with them in the clinch along the cage, like trading sporadic body knees. But you know, Tiago was just coming off worse, even the cardio equation.
1: Did that ever look to you like Tiago Santos is starting to like like he's past it? Uh, yeah, hmm. yeah. Because like um, uh, I'm thinking, like is... you're saying that he start tried to invest in his wrestling and it's just. Like such a such a an action like a, such an aging action fighter adaptation thing like type thing. Uh, every aging action fighter tries to like, you know, okay, now that I'm way, way past it. Now that I can't take the like the heat in the kitchen, now I have to like come with come up with something and it's always like always results in this string of like horrible uh, either horrible boring fights or getting, you know, exhausting yourself and getting knocked down.
0: Yeah. Well, and this is the thing and why I actually thought Thiago might do okay in this fight is the fact that he has all of his best performances against people who actually like bring a fight to him and force him to throw back because he just won't lead. Um you know, he had his best performance in any recent fight against you know, recent champion Glover Teixeira. Yeah. And you know, still dropped Magomed Ankalaev, but then had an absolute stinker with Johnny Walker, where nothing happened because Johnny Walker refused to engage with him at all.
1: I mean, Johnny Walker is just one of those uh, Johnny Walker. Okay, I I, like, yeah. I I cannot even bring myself to be excited about Johnny Walker anymore. Okay, like, I wasn't uh, no, I wasn't excited about him then because I mean he's just a meme guy. Okay,
0: okay. But at least you like knew you were in for some memes. Yeah, like early. Now he's boring and bad. Yeah. I thought Jamal Hill actually being dedicated to pressure could just like get him in trouble and actually get him countered by Tiago Santos. And it did a bunch. Um he ate so many clean, like counter-right hooks from Tiago Santos, and this was kind of what kept Santos in the fight for as long as uh, for as long as he lasted, because every time Jamal Hill started really swarming him up against the cage, Tiago Santos would just like throw back a couple of really hard hooks and I mean, I mean, Jamal Hill just has an absolutely absurd chain because he didn't really seem to get hurt at any point. It would always just kind of like make him mind his business a little bit more and take a step back. Um, It was kind of just only so long that Thiago could sustain it, like I said, against uh, just a younger guy with more to give physically and being the guy the guy who's constantly uh, on the back foot and throwing absolutely everything into every counter, that counter opportunity that he gets. He got finished in the fourth round. Yeah, that fight was uh, actually okay. I think Jamal Hill is pretty okay. He's like athletic and knows what he's doing, and he's extremely calm and durable. He's, he's fine. Let's go, Jamal Hill. Uh, Jeff Neal knocked out Vicente Luke. That was kind of depressing.
1: Oh, Vicente Luke is just so washed. So washed, uh, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. The thing about Vicente Luque, like, the drop-off was going to come suddenly and horribly. And here it is. And Uh-oh. now he just, now he doesn't have the durability anymore. I mean, Jeff Neal's a respectable hitter. And, you know, you know, Luque's been dropped before, and, you know, by guys like Stephen Thompson, who, you know, Stephen Thompson is not going to push you into the cage and swarm you with nine uppercuts in a row if he hurts you. So yeah. maybe this is something that just could have happened to Luke a at any point. But like, the, the, I kind of
1: think the, the, the Steven Thompson fight was kind of like Luke like inflicting it on himself because he just could not stop walking forward into punches. <laughs> mm. And I mean that's just kind of that Luke is just like precisely the type of guy that Stephen Thompson would look good against, and so it was just like a hard matchup. And, uh... and
0: that's kind of what happened in this fight because oh. I think Luke, I think Luke is thinking mm. in this fight was. I'm not going to fucking slip into a left high kick. You can't make me, Jeff Neal. I'm not going to do that. And so he just didn't move his head at all and was just constantly, like, plodding into range behind a static high guard. And Jeff Neal could just... He was just throwing... Quick, short left hands as one size fits all counters to everything. Oh Luke was everything. Luke was doing really? and hurting him almost every time he landed with it. Yeah, the
1: thing about Jeff Neal is that he he doesn't really do the southpaw double attack or triple attack or whatever the fuck. It's more for the southpaw single attack. And so, <laughs> yeah, Vicente <laughs> Luque is like precisely the type of guy who is rudimentary enough to make that work.
0: Mm-hmm, just like how he, he just, like, immediately uh, starched Mike Perry with the left high kick.
1: Yeah, also, see also, uh, uh, see also for Jeff Newell versus Frank Camacho, kind of the same thing. Oh,
0: God, yeah. Um. So, and and then the, the, the second round ended up being a lot closer and, like, Safe side was absolutely pleading with Jeff Neal not to take his eye off the ball because he's obviously like aware that that's a thing that happens in Jeff Neal fights. And, um, yeah, Jeff Neal, he nearly let it slip away after like nearly finishing Luke in the first round. And, uh, then, yeah, just, just he just could miss with the left hand. But like I said, he hurt Luke and then like just put him up against the cage and threw a shitload of uppercuts until the fire had to be stopped. Uh.
1: Yeah, I mean it was never going to be like, like this is the guy who's going to give Usman any trouble but still Luke, seeing him decline like this is pretty sad he was in the cave well to wait he, it was good for the division to have him
0: and yeah he was a solid fighter and a ton of fun and <clears throat> just a cool dude yeah like I, I hope there's still some winnable matchups for him uh, well to wait I hope this isn't just it and don't don't give don't feed them to like guys like Shevkat. That would be just cruel. Don't do that. That would be quite mean at this point. Mm. But probably exactly the kind of thing they might do. Vicente is weird
1: because at some point I think it was against Nico Price, one of the rematches. I thought like he was even though he won that. I thought that yeah yeah the like case passed it. And then he looked fine against Randy Brown, and then he looked fine against Woodley. But then again. Woodley, well, the, the
0: the Nico rematch, I kind of thought was just um, that was the first UFC card back during the COVID lockdown. True, that's true. And like, I just you, you had no idea what his training training situation and, uh, even was for that fight. Oh, oh. You know, you know, he definitely wasn't training uh, at Hurst. Like it's also it's also fucking doing. Nico
1: Price. Nico, how the fuck do you fight against Nico Price? He's
0: just, he's just wait. And Nico Price had a he had a good night. Yeah. And st- still got finished. <laughs> That's Nico Price for you. Good old Nico yeah. Price. Kiesa uh,
1: submitting himself against Luke was funny, though.
0: <laughs> oh, it was. I, I, got, I got, was just the most Michael Kiesa Vicente, Luque fight that could have happened. It was fantastic. Um, what else happened? Uh, Mohamed Usman knocked out the guy. Um, maybe Mohamed Usman has gotten better since I saw him in PFL. It was a cool knockout. He won all the fighter. His heavyweight, cool. Uh, Juliana Miller destroyed Broken Walker on the ground with elbows. Cool. She 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 seems like an okay women's flyweight. Mm, Women's flyweight. Women's flyweight is getting better. It's it's not good, but it's like. It, it, it seems to have a future. It's not good yet, but there's there's more like decent quality prospects emerging in in the division. I mean, it's kind of and... like
1: when you go to community college and you can finally find employment as an auto mechanic, that kind of thing. It's it's a it's a.
0: I think women's flyweight is going to be a lot of fun when Valentina ages out, and then it'll just be like women's strawweight, and then just the the belt will just change hands by a weird finish every single fight.
1: Yeah, that's that. That would be more interesting than how flyweight is actually is right now.
0: Uh, Sergey Spivak destroyed Augusto Sakai on the ground. As who you would imagine? Yeah, who would the fucking thunk? Hmm. Terence McKenny finished Eric Gonzalez in the first round. That's what Terence McKinney be doing. He's a ridiculously dynamic finisher. And if he doesn't finish you in the first round, he will fall apart and get finished. But uh, he was always going to finish Eric Gonzalez in the first round. Uh, Michael Oleg Sedgwick ran up to Sam Alvey and killed him instantly.
1: Is this the fight that got Sam Alvey cut? Is he finally cut? It, is, it looks like he's off, uh, off the roster. Like, the Twitter account that, uh, posts uh, roster updates said that he's gone.
0: Okay, yeah, because he should have been cut a little while ago, and this fight was like... I mean, I knew he was going to get finished by Michael Oleg but...
1: He should have been cut un- by a knife.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Sam Alvey.
1: Uh, looking forward to Sam Alvey's new career direction. Big EFC treats me so good. Ooh, I'm good. I'm so excited uh, watching Sam Alvey try and defend BKFC where a guy died, and uh, st- still remained like the, the his usual scab self. That's going to be funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, Alexejik knew exactly what he was here to do. He he just ran up to Sam, Sam Alvey and destroyed him. I like Alexejik. Alexeychuk is fun. He's cool. Yeah. It's good to have him in the division. He pushes a pace and he hits the body. He throws combinations. What more can you ask for he in this do division? be punching. He do the punch. Uh, Brian Battle uh, killed Takashi Sato dead with a head kick in like the first minute. Um, I mean, he set it up a bit. He threw some low kicks and some right hands. Cause, uh, Sato's a southpaw. And uh, he just did the old crow-cop. He th- threw away the right hand and did the right high kick. And Sato was throwing when it happened. And he, I mean, the sound it made was absolutely sickening. As brutal as, of a knockout as you'll ever see. Nice. Gonna look it up. Brian Battle is uh, pretty neat. I actually, uh, actually did tape on his Ultimate Fighter run. He's like mobile and kicks, and he's big for welterweight. Good addition to the division.
1: Let's see what's what he does next. That's it.
0: Uh. Mm. Uh, Corey McKenna, Von flew choked Miranda Granger. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this was what. This was when I was like, at the, because I watched this card in reverse order. This was when I was like, what the. F- fuck is this card this didn't happen Corey, like tiny little welsh mccory mckenna one of the least athletic people in the whole ufc roster did like the silly meme strength submission that only osp does <laughs> <What> the fuck <laughs> uh, uh,
1: i don't i can't even come up with a joke
0: <laughs> no, it's just the fact that it even happened is just like, I I just couldn't even fathom it. Okay, uh, and then the last fight, uh, Mara Silva versus Stephanie Egger. Uh, uh, first thing, don't do head and arm throws against people who are athletic and can do jujitsu because they will take you back.
1: I mean, don't do head and arm throws like in general.
0: I mean, in general. But particularly, so that happened. Um, I mean, and then Myra Buena Silva just ended up in guard anyway and then got an armbar, but didn't. There was something weird going on with what happened with the submission. Stephanie Eggers says she didn't tap. It was like hard to tell in the replay. I don't know. Myra Buena Silva's cool. I don't care. Was it like a Brazilian tap or something? Oh, What was it? I didn't see the tap on the replay. I'd ha- I'd have to go back and look closer. It was it was weird. I clearly
1: felt the uh, tap. <laughs> I clearly felt the tap.
0: It seemed like the ref was taking Silver's like word for it that Stephanie Egger tapped, and that the action kind of, the action kind of stopped for a minute. Such an MMA so ref it was thing, like, to do. Yo, she tapped, and Egger was like, "What was going on?" <laughs> and the ref just stopped it. It was. It was a bit. I'm. I, I'm not. I'm not
1: too sure. Mm. Anyway, yeah. That's that's the type of fight nights that should always be done. Just book them all for action. Mm-hmm. Like why exactly? Why pretend that you're gonna that a fight night card is going to be a legit event that matters? It doesn't. If you're going for volume, like WMEIMG does with the UFC, just do this. It's fights on a Saturday. It's it's gonna
0: be fun. I, I feel I feel like they try to do this as much as possible. There have been cards recently that that you would expect to be booked for this kind of action on paper that just don't pan out. And this was a card that we looked at where we were like, well, it's not traditionally good, but looking at these fights, it could overperform, and it it, it definitely did. Particularly, like I say, if you didn't watch it live and you just. Uh, just going back just go back and watch all the crazy shit the day after but then and this weekend's UFC fight night we've got a, a similar kind of uh fight night card that uh, are these fights meaningful no could the could the card be good i mean yeah obviously but uh with an actually much more interesting main event uh as i said earlier kind of funny to say a bantamweight top contenders matchup but Totally, totally is at this point. Uh, Marlon Chito Vera versus Dominic Cruz. And I'm going to be upfront and say I actually think this fight is harder to call than uh, Chito Vera's last fight against Rob Font. Uh, because Dominic Cruz really, at his best, fits the archetype of the kind of uh, fighter that uh, has always been really difficult for Marlon Chito Vera.
1: I mean, it's in a weird way. Dominic Cruz has become this sort of spoiler for up and comer, now up and coming bantamweights, because he always fights and this... like, I mean, he's always been being weird, uh, but these days especially, all the the fuckery that he does there, in there, in the cage, all the veteran tricks, I, I suppose.
0: <laughs> well, and and last time we talked about him, I said that like a real. Nightmare matchup for Chito Vero would be like a, a prime Rafaela Santao. Mm. Just just like someone who can like actually stay positionally responsible and hold his ground with good defense and counters and then hit opportunistic takedowns. And that's kind of dominant cruise. I mean, but there's also there's also just a lot of problems with. Dominic Cruz that even at his best could have got him absolutely killed against someone like Cheeto Vera he, he, so it's very is, interesting He is
1: positionally responsible in concept but the way he goes about it is the problem here
0: <laughs> yeah
1: uh, it's, it's his entire style basically is the problem, the way he does things not necessarily the concept with it so it could end up being one of those fights where, on paper, yeah, Dominic Cruz is a bad matchup for uh, Chito Vera. Uh, he does this and that and that. But the way he does it, it could well end up getting him like completely destroyed by Chito Vera. It's, it's not beyond the pale to think that. Uh, because the problem with that is that just Cruz is so janky and uh, yeah. it might just about throw Cheeto, g- give Cheeto a little bit of a pause. Uh, but beyond that, I'm not, not very like, sure if Dominic Cruz is. I mean, Dominic Cruz is crafty enough to come up with some sort of like in fight fucker- fuckery and you know, all the shithousery that steals fights.
0: Uh... Yeah, I, ju- I just, um, I kind of feel like. I just don't know what, what Dominic Cruz can do to really scare Cheeto Vera off because not much. You know, Jose Aldo was a, Jose Aldo was able to maintain that kind of performance against Cheeto Vera, A, because he is just like because his footwork is just fundamentally way better than Dominic Cruz's. Yeah, he, he punches hard he as punches fuck. ridiculously fucking hard, and he actually like even though Chito Vera is immortal, if you're a Jose Aldo esque puncher and hitting him with the kind of lever shots that just immediately finish Jeremy Stephens,
1: and and the leg kicks that just punt the legs out from under you and you go flying.
0: Yeah, he's still going to make him mind his business and like actually concede the back foot in spots. Whereas I just feel like. You know, Dominic Cruz. He was able to make Pedro Munoz like respect his feints, and you know, he was able to push Pedro back and throw big combinations. But Pedro Munoz has been less and less dedicated to pressuring, and will wait his turn in exchanges. And is tiny, and Dominic Cruz has a massive reach on him, and has always been a huge bantamweight, and always had a massive reach against everyone he's fought, even his like recent like uh, more contemporary opponents. Uh, Cheeto Vera is, you know, he he's a big, tall, long boy for bantamweight, and uh, he he's he's just like immortal and never stops coming forward and doing violence and has like unlimited cardio. I think. I'm just like, how, how does Dominic Cruz maintain just keeping Cheeto off of him for five rounds? I think we
1: need to sort of zoom out a little bit and ex- ex- explain why Dominic Cruz used to be such a force in the division. And why he yeah. became a champion in the first place. Like, first of all, uh, a disclaimer I do not, I would not recommend anyone try and study Dominic Cruz to replicate what he does, even in concept. Because, in concept, what Dominic Cruz did was kind of sort of like, oh, the boxers move, uh, the, there's the stuff that boxers do to maintain position and win positions. And I'm going to do that, except I'm going to, instead of using fundamental boxing footwork, I'm going to use this sort of like weird, Wrestling, uh, wrestling-esque footwork that sets up my takedowns. And yeah, he he's found a lot of success with those takedowns, but the issue is that everything that he's, he did on the feet was mechanically wrong. And it ended up causing these long, long layoffs that Dominic Cruz has become infamous for and all the injuries uh, and all the ligament damage. Because Dominic Cruz is like Everyone talks about how Dominic Cruz's footwork allowed him to not get hit. Like he, he couldn't couldn't lay a glo- glove on him. And if you go back and study his fights, that's not actually you know factually true. He may have avoided some of those punches because it's just so janky and weird. No one like could figure out what to how how do strike with this fucker. But the reason why he avoided a lot of uh, the the opponent's offense was that he also made them. Anxious about throwing against him because he had so, such good takedowns, had such good timing and setups for the takedowns. Like his janky footwork set up the wrestling, and he tied it together in a way that made the wrestling the transition from the wrestling from the stand up to wrestling seamless. And now, uh, having watched the Casey Kenny fight with you, I wouldn't say he has uh, like I would. Uh, uh, I would not say he still has that. Seamlessness with the wrestling and and the stand up, and he because he, as you saw, he tried to move away from all the jankiness that led to him getting injured over and over again.
0: Yes, as you were saying, he's like um, he's had to really tone down just like how much like bouncy, erratic movement he's even able to do because like he's got a dead man's knee, but. Of course, like that, that movement was like what able, what, what enabled him to time his takedowns so well and get those really quick, deep entries that people like just weren't ready for. But now that, now that he's having to have like, now that he's having to have more traditional boxing footwork where he stays in a stance and takes small steps forward with his front foot first, like you're taught to on the, on your first day of striking training, (laughs) like, um, yeah, he, he he just, like, I think a combination of not having, like, um, that bouncy footwork to time his takedowns off of and just probably not having the same kind of just power in his hips to get the finishes on those takedowns that he used to. Um, yeah. It's, it, it just it seems hard for, like, Chito Veri, he's, like, that has been traditionally a way to get to him. Solid takedowns and top control because he will play guard and he will... Get stuff done off of his back, and he's good defensively. It's hard to get good ground and pound off of him, but he will. I mean, definitely early in his career. I mean, he lost to Davy Grant just playing guard, and grabbing gloves for three rounds. Um, but we've seen like both just improved technical defensive wrestling, and just like an urgency strategically to like maintain where he wants to be in the fight rather than just being a crazy wild man.
1: Against Frankie Edgar, he stayed, like, his guard retention was good. He would uh, not just hold on for dear life. He would actually, like, create space and throw strikes. And once he felt like, okay, okay, I figured out how he's he's trying to control me. Okay, now I'm going to get up. Even though he gave up his back, he immediately went to the hands, broke the grip, uh, uh, separated and... Uh, it's back to square one for Frankie Edgar and he's expended a lot of energy for not much effort for not much effect
0: yeah and then the, the and there was, there was still an argument that he was winning that, uh, that Frankie Edgar was losing from top with the up kicks and elbows that Cheeto was throwing from bottom. Precisely. Um, and it just it, it, it just didn't matter in the course of the fight because Frankie Edgar just knackered himself out and the deeper the fight went, it was just getting easier and easier for Cheeto Vera to just limp leg and sprawl out of every takedown attempt. Yeah. And he, he just figured out Frankie's like rote striking and takedown combinations and, and just killed him when he got tired. Yeah, so
1: what, like the way, the, the consistent ways that uh, Frankie Edgar uh, got Vera uh, down first was like the knee taps, and the usual, the usual knee taps, and the like, basically like catching his timing off the kicks and uh, dragging him down to the ground while he's on one leg. And then Vera just started feeding the, the leg and feeding the single and like uh, limp, limp legging out of it uh, because he continued kicking up uh, Frankie Edgar's body with with those kicks, and Frankie Edgar was like started like sort of becoming a bit anxious about entering too fast. And the way that Dominic Cruz set up, sets up his takedowns, well, what he used to do was do this big, long lateral hop step that kind of puts a lot of lateral pressure on your knees, which is, I presume, is the reason why he's so fucked up, and then use that bounce to create the impulse, load his hips up for the explosive blast double. And now he doesn't does not just as a function of age and a function of injuries, he just does not have the have that explosiveness anymore. And uh, with, uh, like, okay, he will get, let's say he gets Chitovera down a couple of times. What is he going to be able to accomplish from top?
0: It's the other thing. I don't think Dominic Cruz is, like... Uh... As good a top player traditionally as like Frankie Edgar is best, and that definitely wasn't. He is not, Edgar is and he wasn't in that Cheeto fight. But but no, I think I think I think Cruz, you know, he he's a good like, he's a good riding top player. Yeah, but he he's not really he's not really going to like just smother a, and shut out a, an active jujitsu guy. I don't know if we've ever really seen that.
1: He could presumably like uh, create instances where it's just him, uh, like r- as you said, riding. Uh, Chito Vera folk style all over the cage while Chito Vera tries to separate. Uh, But uh, I think the way for Dominic Cruz to win this is, oddly enough, I think is uh, basically on the feet and using the takedowns as a distraction and just throwing lots and lots of janky volume at Chito Vera and kind of uh, steal the rounds this way because, uh, I mean, Chito Vera... The way he gets his reads and defense is uh, just by being a like 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 you said immortal. It's like we talked about this on the commentary uh, for Cheeto Vera versus Casey Kenny, which you can access on our Patreon. But
0: he would fucking idiot. You mean Cheeto Vera versus Frankie Edgar? Fucking yes, Casey yes. Casey Kenny versus Dominic Cruz. Yes,
1: yes, yes. <laughs> now, <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: My, <laughs> <laughs> I had to get you back for that one.
1: <laughs> Too, touche, I guess. Anyway, um, Ch- Chito Vera does this thing where he just basically like absorbs every strike and then figures out the timing on them. Except instead of doing the Tony Ferguson and getting in the in the pocket in the kitchen, exchanging uh, lots of strikes, he just times this one connection that just sends you flying. And uh,
0: I'm going to say something. I think Chito Vera's defense is. Underrated and makes sense for the kind of fighter that he is. Oh, absolutely. He's not concerned with like cleanly duking punches because, you, you know, being like, well, I've got a fantastic chin, but I'm not that quick. Maybe I should just like focus on janky mitigation stuff. If I don't mind getting hit, I should just be taking yeah, the steam off stuff uh, and using that to like make reads for the counters that I want to land as the first.
1: Vera's double forearms guard is decent and uh, his hand fight is, is decent. So he's able to use those tools to uh, sort of like slip and sort of roll with the punches instead of just slipping and defending them out, right?
0: Yeah, people really didn't seem to notice how much Rob Font was just jabbing his elbows in that fight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, It's mostly just jab fetishists, to be honest.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, But I'm just like… Yeah, if, if Dominic Cruz's past to victory is on the features, how does he maintain that volume lead for five rounds without getting killed?
1: I'm exactly. going to say that he doesn't.
0: Because, yeah. um, I mean, also there's the kicks are going to be a big thing. You know, everyone says, I mean, people think that Dominic Cruz is just like, because he has a dead man's knee. If you just kick him once, you just win. And that's obviously not true because Dominic Cruz is just like, one of the most psychotically tough human beings I've ever seen. He's like genuinely completely insane. Um, and still reasonably physically durable and has good recovery. Uh, but uh, Henry Cejudo did kick him up real bad. Um He he seemed more prepared to deal with uh, people who wanted to kick him in his couple of fights since then. But I'm wondering if that was just more a function of the style matchups and that... Uh, Henry Cejudo was just really dedicated to those low kicks and was doing a good job of.
1: I mean, uh, I think it's a match. You know, he's
0: doing a really good job of blitzing at Cruz and, like, catching him on his exits and kicking him really fucking hard while yeah. Cruz is like mid air. I mean, I don't think Vera is going to do that, but he's just really tall and has really long legs, so he doesn't have to cover as much distance with the kick. As I mean, the way you really Henry kick Cejudo up
1: does the way you kick up Dominic Cruz is that you force him to do lots of lateral movement, and that means. Pressing pressing him against the cage and while he uh tries to hop step out of that uh, position along the cage, you can kick the trailing leg. Uh the 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 thing the problem with the idea that you can just kick Dominic Cruz and it's gonna work is that his feet are rarely in a position uh to kick. So it's just you you have to time them correctly. You have to time him while he's planted. Or you have to time him while his legs are mid-air. And that's what Henry Cejudo did. And Casey Kenny tried to do that, but he, it took him a while to get the timing right. Uh, anyway, uh, it's funny because we, we, we started like uh, this uh, discussion with, okay, Dominic Cruz could prove actually to be really tricky. for for Chito Vera and now
0: he could but I'm I'm still going to pick Chito Vera to kill pretty much everyone over the course of five rounds other than maybe like three or four fighters in this bantamweight division
1: upon closer examination I don't think Dominic Chris is exactly the type of matchup for to genuinely create lots of trouble for Chito
0: Vera particularly like I say just him not being able to I don't think he can make Chito respect him in exchanges and I think Chito is he's going to walk him down he's going to kick his legs and his body he's, you know, he, Cruise isn't going to be able to work behind a reach advantage. And Chito, he's just like, he just never loses sight of trying to kill his man in any way that he can. He's like, it's like, what, what if, what if Charles Oliveira was like less athletic and kind of, and less skilled, but like conceptually quite similar and completely unkillable. What Nobody if he, was, what if he was evil as well? <laughs> Is Cheetah very evil?
1: I mean, I think he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. He's he's mischievous. He's a lovable rogue.
0: (laughs) Yeah, okay, that's that's a good word for it.
1: Yeah, he's a lovable rogue that sometimes calls you a cunt, (laughs) spits in your face. He's the type of guy who would like find a job as a waiter and then piss in the in the soup pot just because he wants to. It's a a funny thing to do. I know he strikes me like that.
0: He's, he's a cool guy, but it, it, if you look at him funny in the club, he will slap the shit out of you. Yeah.
1: I mean, he can be like completely different in real life, and there's just a persona in the cage that just lets it lets it all out. Uh, he does have that vibe in the cage.
0: Um. So what's going on on this card? Uh, David Onama is fighting Nate Landwehr. David Onama is going to win by knockout. You really need me to tell you that, or to elaborate any further.
1: Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, Yeah. let's
0: go with that. Uh, Gerald Gerald Mearshart fighting Bruno Silva. Uh, I can't imagine any way that Gerald Mearshart doesn't get knocked out. I like Gerald Mearshart, but Gerald Mearshart's whole thing is that if you like... Hang around, let him hang around with you on the ground, then he'll just like meme sub you at some point if if you take your eye off the ball, whereas Bruno Silva's thing is that people try to take him down because he wants to bang with them, and then he ends up like sweeping them and knocking them out on the ground and Gerald Meershot will just like still like he's incredibly slow and will just awkwardly kickbox with people for long stretches of the fight and not press his grappling advantages so like he's just, he's just gonna get knocked out by Bruno Silva <sighs> uh, Angela Hill uh, Angela oh yeah Ange- Angela Hill's f- fight Wait, is she fighting? oh it's just fun
1: She's fun. uh,
0: Yeah, but she's fighting Lupina Godinez and Lupina Godinez is going to out wrestle her and it's going to be lame. Yeah. Um, I guess there is something... I mean, Lupina Godinez, she did lose, like... She did lose to Luana Carolina because she just couldn't finish her takedowns and kept ending up in the clinch. And so that seems like a path for Angela Hill because Luana Carolina is worse in the clinch than Angela Hill. But it is her thing and she is big. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean,
1: uh, Angela Hill is also getting old and slow.
0: Gabriel Benitez is fighting Charlie Ontiveros. Charlie Ontiveros, who in his two fights has landed two axe kicks and been finished twice. <laughs> so he's interesting.
1: He's neat. He's neat, like Dominic Cruz is neat. Oh, not, not like he, Dominic yeah.
0: Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know Gabriel Benitez might get knocked out he's kind of on the decline but if he doesn't he'll probably beat the shit out of Charlie Ontiveros I don't know uh, Tyson Nam is still in the UFC and he's fighting Oda Osborne
1: what what why why is he in the UFC still
0: I don't know Tyson Nam's okay it's kind of boring when he's not knocking people out. We might knock out Ode Osborne. This card might be okay, but I don't know. It's not a lot of names jumping out to me. Don't be having time to do tape on all these motherfuckers. So that's all we're gonna talk about. Yeah, fuck it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, one thing I'd like to note is that, uh nah, it's it's been a long while since I like actually like. Try to predict what's going to happen and examine card, examine fights before they happen. So I don't know. I uh, I I just hope they all have fun. I guess that's 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 as as good note as any to like uh, uh, end this whole thing. I guess.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> uh, this has been the Forbidden Technique Podcast. If you enjoyed this content and all the other stuff that the Fight Site puts out, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Pleasure just $3 gains access to a huge library of really high quality analytical fight content where you can see the alternate commentary that myself and Nikki just posted for both uh, Cheeto Vera versus Frankie Edgar and Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny. And then a Pleasure just $5 uh, gains access to a Discord server where we have a huge community full of interesting fight fans where we always have great discussions. You can come chat to staff and give us shit about our uh, stupid picks. And you can come ask us questions. That we'll answer on, answer on the bonus episode. You can
1: defend the bad fighters that we called bad. Mm-hmm. And we'll very carefully and slowly and in great detail explain to you why
0: they are bad. And you are yeah, stupid if you, for liking If then. you really like Jairzina and Rosenstruck and you want to argue with me, then pay $5 on the Patreon. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys later. Peace.